I want to just carry on uh, this afternoon that we, we started to talk about breaking camp and advancing. And I really believe that's a word for us into this new year, is that we need to break camp. What's break camp? It, it means getting out of the rut where you've been going around this mountain forever, getting out of that rut and actually moving on with your life. But you know what? To be able to break out of that rut, you are going to need spiritual warfare. You're going to need spiritual weapons. Because the devil's not going to let you out of that rut just because you feel like coming out of the rut. You're going to have to fight your way out of that rut. Who knows that you have to fight when the devil wants to give you a hard time? Who, who's had to fight the devil this year? More than once. Yeah, okay. Because you know what? The devil and his demons, I hope you don't think that this is just a, oh, there's no such thing. I want you to know there is a devil and there are demons. And they want to stop you from doing whatever God wants you to do. They want to stop you. And the way that they stop you, that you become depressed, you become despondent, you feel like giving up. Just anyone that is in their own business, if they're not getting business, you start feeling like, oh, no, man, I'm going to go and get a job with someone else. But actually, God wants to work through you to, as Peter told us, to bring finance into the kingdom of God and to be generous because he's been so generous to us. He gave us his son. And so we want to be those that are generous towards him. But the problem is, he has a big problem, and I've slipped into it from time to time. We've become so psychological in our, in our attitude and our thinking. It's all like it's, it's this, and we need to do that, and we need to do that. You need to know that there's a devil, and he's trying to stop you from getting where you're supposed to be. And so you need to rise up and you need to begin to fight. And so that's what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak about tonight. I'm going to speak about the weapons that God has given us. God has given us weapons. He hasn't just left us out there, but they are spiritual weapons. They're not physical weapons. When I was young, before I got saved, I preferred physical weapons. But now that I'm saved and I'm serving God, uh, I prefer spiritual weapons. Dr. Lloyd Martin-Jones, if, you, if you've studied scripture for any period of time, you must have heard of his name. He puts it like this, I'm certain that one of the main causes of the ill state of the church today is the fact the devil has been forgotten. He's been forgotten. Guys, we, we've let him off the hook. And the sad thing is Jesus actually gave us victory. And we need to enforce that victory. But we're finding ourselves downtrodden and despondent and broken down. So let's look, if you've got your Bibles, Ephesians 6 and verse 10. Finally, last chapter of this book. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces, forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Folk, you know what? There have been times in my life where I've been like, oh, I, I just want to give up. And then I've realized, you know what? It's not flesh and blood that I'm fighting. 
It's actually the demon and demonic power. And we actually need to get to that place where somebody is giving us such a hard time, we need to actually realize it's not this person. It's what's behind this person that we need to attack. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. You've got to put it on, guys. It's it's not going to just happen. When you get dressed in the morning, you have to take your clothes and you have to put them on. It's the same with spiritual armor. It's not, there was a thing at one stage where you got up in the morning and then you put your breastplate on and then you put your belt of truth on. People did this like getting dressed thing. It's not that. It's not that. It's getting up in the morning. It's being totally equipped for what you have to do. It's, it's a lifestyle that you have to live. Belt of truth. You have to be somebody that speaks the truth. You can't be somebody that is lying all the time. You will not lie your way to victory over the devil. If you've done something, you need to take that on and say, listen, Lord, I repent of this, but now I'm going to come against the devil. You can't lie. It's something that I've had to work against hard in my life from when I was a young man, my dad just told so many lies. I loved my dad, but he told so many lies. I didn't know what was truth and what was lies. And so when I got saved, I've had, to, I've had to work hard on that thing, and I've had to stay accountable to my wife, who's the closest person to me. So she knows as soon as I'm telling a lie or not. And I've worked those things out of my life a, a while ago. <laughs> not, not yesterday, but you, if you lie, You know what? You know that you lie. And if you know, God knows. And it says one day, from the rooftops, everything is going to be made known to everyone. Those things that you didn't want people to know, they're going to know. They're going to know. And you're going to stand there embarrassed. But there are things about them that you're going to know. Because there are things that we... We sort of, like, we just move on. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry about that. And you move on. No. Guys, when you lie, you need to repent. You need to become before God. You need to say to Him, Lord, I repent of that thing. It doesn't matter how small it is. Because it all starts, you've heard this expression, oh, it's just a white lie. There's no such thing as just a white lie or a small lie. A lie is a lie. Stand firm then. Oh, sorry. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. So when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything, to stand. Guys, when you're fighting, not physically, when you're fighting, when when the dust settles, you need to be standing. Here I am, Lord. Maybe I've I've got a a fox law. No, that's a hiding, huh? Maybe I've been given a hiding, but I'm still standing. Lord, help me. Help me. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. 
and verse 16. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith. You've got to take it up. The shield that they were speaking about. It's not the tiny little one that they used to fight with. It's this huge shield that they used to actually hide behind. And so when the enemy was shooting fiery darts, they could hide behind that thing. And then once the shield was on fire because of those darts, they would actually run with that fire in to the enemy. So they'd actually use against the enemy what he tried to come against them with. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. So the first thing we see here, be strong. Sometimes it's not easy to be strong. But we've got, we got friends, we've got family. Be strong. Can't do it on your own, do it with someone. But we can't be strong if we're not equipped and we don't know how to use this, these weapons that God has given us. So for, for me, I'm appealing to you today that you develop a robust faith, a strong faith, a faith that trusts God. It's for people who can be strong and affirming God's truth when everything around them is going wrong. Stuff can go, be going wrong and you're just standing because you are full of faith. Because you've seen your God, you've read about your God, you know what your God can do. Strong and maintaining standards of godliness. Guys, yeah, yes, let's pick up on the finances. Do not get into debt. Do not get into debt. You're gonna, the devil's going to come for you with that debt. I'm fortunate I've never found myself in debt. Yes, I haven't had much. I like, had to eat porridge for supper or something like that. But I've never had debt. I've never allowed myself to get into debt. And you know what? I wouldn't have been able to be in ministry today if I got myself into debt. Because ministry, there, there's not an abundance of finance. They pay you enough, but there's not an abundance of finance. I, I looked back with Patsy the other day and I said, Hey, babes, I wonder how much we would have been earning if I was still working for Sappy. I was a, a, a production manager with Sappy. Yo, it, it was at least three times what I'm earning now. But you know what? I don't regret it. I love what God has called me to do and how to do it and when to do it. I love it. It takes strength to be a Christian. You know what? For young people, sexual relationships, don't participate until you are married. It's difficult. I know it's difficult. You, you can just see the world around us today. It's difficult. Young people, hang on. Hang on. It's the right thing to do. God will help you. But you know what? In spite of all the stuff that I'm saying, it, and, and the strength and whatnot, but it's not our own effort. It's in God's ability. It's, it's, it's grace supplied by the supernatural power of God. If, if this year was where I could go to in my natural power, I can go to over here under the grace of God. I can go further. Paul actually writes and he says, I can go further than the other guys have gone because of the grace of God. 
What is grace? Grace is the power that we receive because Jesus died for us on a cross. He died for us so that you and I could have life. Put on the full armor of God. So we need to be standing firm. Guys, you, you, I, I know I bring this up every week, but you're not going to stand firm if you are watching YouTube all the time because you're going to start to believe it. I'm not saying you can't watch it, but be aware of what's going on around you. Depending on your maturity level as a Christian, go to your mom. Is it okay to watch this, mom? Netflix, or even for the adults, the latest warfare conference video. Because some of those oaks are so weird and they're not biblical. We've got to be aware of what we're getting ourselves into. We've got to stand firm. We have to stand true to the Word of God, which is our anchor. The Word of God is our anchor. We need to know that when we are fighting and demolishing strongholds, that this has already been done. We're actually part of the mopping up operations. I don't know if you've, you've seen Israel, what's going on over there. It's terrible, but anyway. The, the, there's actually a mopping up operation now because the main barrage has happened. And now the guys are just going in to clean up. And that's how it is actually for us. We are mopping up operations. Jesus has destroyed the enemy when he hung on the cross. How do we overcome? Revelation 12, 11, it says, We are told in the scriptures we, have a, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of our testimony, and not loving our lives so much as to shrink from death. You know what Johan came up and he spoke about his beans? That's a testament. That's something that's put faith in his heart. This is what my God can do. We might think, oh, it's beans. But for Johan, that's a big thing. For me, it's an eye-opener. God can do things here that I've, I've, I've listened to that uh, video of uh, Angus Buckham where all the wheat or stuff was broken down and the corn was broken down and the, and the next day they prayed. It was all up again. It was impossible. But that, that was sort of the start of his, his main ministry. Hey, Johan. <laughs> so the, the spiritual arm, the spiritual arm of the belt, the belt of truth. Commentators differ. Some of them say it's the truth of God's word. Some of them say it's the way that you live your life in sincerity and truth. What do I say, both of them? Both of them. We've got to live in truth in the way that we live, and we have to live in the truth of God's Word. Because everything is measured against the Word. Truth is essential if we are not to be deceived. So we need to, we, we, we can't have mixed emotions. We, we need to know that a hey, truth, truth is what God wants. Truth is what I live. Next thing, the breastplate of righteousness. 
I've got an abbreviation for righteousness. It means in right standing with God. In right standing with God. It means that when, when Jesus, when God looks at your hand, He doesn't see your hand. He sees Jesus. He sees the blood of Jesus. He's died for your hand. So it could mean that we, we could be referring to the free gift of righteousness, but also to us leading a righteous and godly life. We've got to live out what we say. Otherwise, we, there's going to be no power. And I don't know about you, but I don't want to try and live this life of being a Christian without the power of God in my life. It's terrible. I, the, the devil will be giving me a hiding all the time. And my wife. So both of them we need to take hold of. Uh, Martin Louis Jones, the guy that I told you earlier, he says, thank God for experiences, but do not rely on them. You do not put on the breastplate of experiences, you put on the breastplate of righteousness. Next thing, the boots of the gospel. I don't know where, somewhere we heard boots on the ground. It was like a movie, I think. But the shoes of the gospel, guys, we need to take every opportunity that we have to speak to people about Jesus. How? The word of your testimony. You know what? People try and get too clever. They try and have all these scriptures ready and right, and this is how we're going to present it. No, don't do that. Just Jesus has touched my life. He has changed my life forever. I know what I was like before and I know what I'm like now. And so it goes for all of us. We have a testimony. What Jesus has done in our life. The shield of faith. God, by faith here I'm talking about active faith. It's, it's rather than going through a life complaining about the attacks of the enemy and we can find ourselves there. Oh, look what the devil's doing to me. All this. Look what he's saying. God says that active faith is about choosing to believe his words instead of the enemy's lies. So we, we, we take a, make a choice. We are going to listen to God's words and not the lies of the enemy. Remember that. When you're going through a difficult time, devil, I'll choose to listen to God's word and not your lies. Just tell him. You might feel funny, but do it. We need to do it. We need to walk in what God has given us. So faith is not about weighing up the pros and cons. Isn't that how we do things? Let's do this. I know, let's look at this, and then let's look at that, and we'll, we'll, uh, it'll, we'll decide on if there's more pros than there are cons. No, it's about choosing to believe what God has said, even if the circumstances contradict them. When I was working at SAPI, earning a big salary, owned a big house, had cars, and God said to me, I want you to start a church in Nelspruit. I didn't even know there was a town called Nelspruit. We went to Nelspruit. There was one couple and us who started the church. If I believed what the devil had said to me, I would never have gone there. I, I, I didn't know how I was going to feed my family. I took my pension fund. 
60,000 rand in those days. Provident fund. You could still take it out. And I said, okay, we'll live on this until God supplies. Within six months, my full salary was being paid into my bank from four people that had started that church. Today, that church is in the region of three to three and a half thousand people. It's a big church. It's a strong church. And it came about because we believed what God said. And we, we determined in our heart, this is what we're going to do. No matter what. I remember before I resigned, I had this thing where at work there was coming a big promotion for someone. Because the plant manager, the plant manager had resigned. And so there were two guys. There was me and there was the other guy. They had two different parts of the plant. And uh, I remember saying to Katie, if I get that job, I'm not going. But if I don't get that job, I'm going. That next day, I didn't get that job. The people that were working for me actually toy-toyed. They said, how can you not give that guy the job? But you know what? God had spoken. I came home. I laid on the bed and I cried for three days because I didn't know how we were going to do this. I, I preached maybe three times in my life. And so I was going to start a church. This great man of God. Eh? Oh, my, my first preach was bad. Eh? I don't know how those people came back, but they did. It was amazing. Maybe all the other oaks in town were worse. <laughs> I tell you one thing, we were praying. We were praying. So we need to remember that the devil is, last week I spoke about the fact where the devil says to us, so are you the son of God? He's throwing it our way all the time. Are you the son of God? You need to rise up in your heart and you need to say, hey, I am the son of God. I quench those darts and I'm sending them back. I think, it's, I think it's in Isaiah 43 where it says he'll send those darts back to from where they came. You trust God for that. Helmet of salvation. You know what? We need to rejoice in the fact that God has saved us. I think sometimes we come to church and we're like, because uh, I've done it. That's why I can say it. Uh, I don't really feel like church today. And I, I must admit I've been much happier since we meet in the afternoon. It's much easier to come. Uh, I, I just enjoy the afternoon meeting. Really, I do. Uh, it's like, this is, this is great. Um, uh, I can take my wife out for breakfast or I can't. But you know what? You need to, we need to rejoice in the fact that we have a helmet of salvation. That the devil cannot use discouragement. I think that's his most effective weapon. I can imagine Lou. Now I'm watching you. Imagine Lou, he goes to work and he's all pumped up about, hey, what, what the, in the world of cardiology, what is going on and this and that, and, and then you go and you do something on somebody and they die. You know how discouraged you are when somebody dies that you try to help? It's really not nice. Ask Lou, he'll tell you. It's really not nice. If I just look at a dead person, I'm really discouraged, even if I've had nothing to do with it. Because it's not, that's not how God wants us. 
it's hard to stay discouraged when you put on the helmet of salvation. You must check. Lou's like a cricket. When he comes into the hospital, he's like, twing, twing, twing. Everybody's like, hey, here comes Lou. Twing, twing. It's like he bounces from person to person. He's like, by the time he walks out, you think, oh, I'm going to get up and go home now. I'm fine. But we need to be like that, guys. We can't allow ourselves to be discouraged and then kept in that place. The next weapon is the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. You know what the saddest thing is? That very few of us actually know what's in the Word of God. And so because of that, we, we don't know how to use it. Because the sword of the Spirit is actually our attack weapon. That's the thing that we use to inflict defeat on the devil. But if we are those that, like, uh, you read one scripture a year. I, I want to challenge you guys today. I'm not, I'm not asking you to put your hands up. Okay, just relax. I was in a meeting once when a man said, who has not read through the Bible in one year? Who has not read through the Bible? And a lot of guys that were in ministry put their hands up. Fortunately for me, that's one of the disciplines that I do not let myself do. I try and read through the Bible every year. And I want to encourage you guys. If you can't do, if you can't read through the Bible, give the New Testament a good go. The New Testament is much easier to read. And there's lots of devotionals and stuff to help you read through those things. Really, give it a go. You, God has given us His Word to expose the strongholds of the devil. Penny's quite good. Every now and again, she'll drop a, what about this? And it actually it stimulates me to start to think about that and read about that. And it, it's just... Hey, Lord, yes, I see that. I'm coming against it in the name of Jesus. Luke 12, 3. This is the scripture that I spoke about earlier. What you have said in the dark will be heard in the daylight. And what you have whispered in the ear in the inner rooms will be proclaimed from the roofs. Hey, guys, I'm, I'm scared of that. I, I, I don't want to have that happen to me about any of you. Imagine me standing there and now... You, I'm your pastor, and they're saying, oh, what did you say about your hand? You know, I told you you shouldn't have spoken about his beans. <laughs> I really like your shirt. Hebrews 4.12, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. I, I want to tell you, Peter gave me, I don't know what you call those knives, those ones that like this and it's you like go like this and then it opens and it's got a knife and it's got the two handles butterfly that thing is so sharp if I'm not careful it will cut me Peter gave it to me it wasn't so sharp I made it very sharp it is so sharp but it says sharper than any double edged sword it penetrates to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. You know how sharp that is? It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. When you're coming under attack, 
Lord, show me what I need to do. Show me where I need to attack. Cut that open so that I can see what's going on. You need to be speaking to God. You need to be using His Word as well. This is what I'm telling you. Do this now. If you don't know it's in there, you're not going to get told what to do. The Word will expose strongholds. You know what? That is half the battle. The other half is dealing with them. It's no good exposing them and not dealing with them. The Word of God is given to us to renew our minds. I read Martin Lloyd-Jones as well. He said, when we renew our minds, we're actually doing spiritual warfare. When we renew our minds, we're doing spiritual warfare. Because you're taking back ground in your life and in your mind that the devil has stolen up to that point. Because our minds have been wrongly conditioned by the strongholds that dominate our society, they need to be exposed to Scripture. There are so many topics that are like hot potatoes that people don't want to touch. And it's because they don't know what the Word of God actually says. We need to renew our minds. Let's go back to that script. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. As we carry on there, it goes into all sorts of prayer that we need to be doing. And so I didn't want to try and rush that through today. I wanted to take my time next week and actually go through those things one at a time. And then for us as a congregation to actually stand up and do those prayers. You know what? Often we, oh, we have a prayer meeting before, we have a prayer meeting. No, no, we have a prayer meeting right now in the middle of the meeting. And people pray. Please, we won't make you pray if you're up for the first time. Okay. And you can pray in Afrikaans, Johnny. Afrikaans is the heavenly language. That's why when I hear it, I think it sounds like tongues. Okay, so let's stand. I'm going to pray for us. I, re I really want you this week, take that scripture and go back and allow God to remind you of what I've said. And many of us find ourselves in a place where the devil is coming against what he doesn't want. He's stopping us from doing what we would like to do. Please don't, don't let this go. Go home. So I refuse to let this go. I'm, I'm going to believe your word. I'm going to take you at your word and I'm going to put it into practice. It's no good going home and think, oh, that was a great preach. Because I actually don't think it's a great preach to talk about weapons. But it is a very active preach where you need to get involved. Now, you, hey, Lord, I'm trusting you for this stuff. I, I want to I start by praying for those of us that actually just struggle a little bit to imagine that the devil is around. The, the, that there isn't a devil. I do feel that there are those that do that.
So I want to pray that the Holy Spirit will come and He will illuminate parts of your mind that have been in darkness up to now. There are many people where, where Patty and I have ministered to them and what the Lord has said to us that the house has got many rooms but not all of them have light. So the purpose is to switch as many lights on that we can in every room that we can. And so Holy Spirit, I pray for you to come today. Lord, I just pray that you would illuminate people's minds, Lord. That the enemy would no longer have his way to bring de despondency and depression and all those things, Lord, of wanting to give up because we don't know why, but we're not succeeding. Well, Lord, we know that it's the devil that is trying to stop us from succeeding. And so we stand against that today. All of us, Lord, we, we put our hands to it and we say, this far and no further. You know what? The word says the devil has a scheme for you. So you can either walk in the scheme that he has for you or you can walk in the plan that God has for you. Lord, we want your plan. We don't want the devil's scheme. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done, Lord. I pray for these wonderful people, Lord, that as this sinks into them, that you would just bring revelation in their spirit, that where there was darkness, you would, you would illuminate it. I pray for that, Lord, in the wonderful name of Jesus. Thank you.